Knock, knock. Who's there? Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. Keith, run the intro. Um, episode 46. <laughs> <laughs> Another week, man. Got a lot of great things to talk about this week. Um, one of them is just recently uh, Drake's speech. He just won an award for God's Plan. Yeah. And it was like best rap song or something like that. Yeah. And and Drake said had a really like it was very short but really deep speech. And yeah. I, I could tell that it was extremely genuine and you could tell when someone loves what they do. Yeah. Let's insert the clip real quick. Go ahead, man. I don't got it on my phone. I turned my shit on airplay mode. No, you're supposed to stop talking right here and then we'll insert the clip in post production. And then uh yeah. you've already won if you have people who are singing your songs word for word if you're a hero in your hometown if look look if there's people who have regular jobs who are coming out in the rain in the snow spending their hard-earned money to buy tickets to come to your shows you don't need this right here i promise you you already won so that's how podcasts work um but yeah so that was a clip (laughs) Drake, uh, basically he was saying, like, um, you should get your, like, um, I don't know what you call it, but you should you should feel good because the people, because of the fans mostly. You know what I mean? I, I think a lot of people put stock into these awards. A lot of people put stock in the Grammy Awards and all these different award shows and, um, like, BET Awards, MTV Music Awards, all these shows. But in reality, the most important People are the people that are, you know, listening every single day on Spotify and Tidal and Apple Music and the people that, like you said, spent their hard-earned money. Like, like even someone like uh, Childish Gambino. Definitely. Take that, for instance. Like, he got hurt. He pushed his tour back a few months um, to let his ankle heal. And then he did, like, two shows at the Forum. And, you know, me and Eddie were lucky enough to go to one of those. Definitely. But he made sure he did that. He didn't even show up to the Grammys. He won, like, three awards, and he wasn't even there to accept any of his awards. So that just kind of goes to show, like, when you're at a certain level, that's that's what these people's mind states are. So... But he, but I think he was talking to, you know, more of the up-and-coming people. Like, don't put so much stock into... Um, being accepted by some society or being accepted by some, you know, some fraternity of people who try to curate music or entertainment. Exactly. Be satisfied with, you know, the day-to-day people that are, you know, really buying into your brand. Exactly. He said something. He said, if you got people that know the words to your songs and come out in the rain to listen to you, you already made it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like that shows that a person that is exceed like a person who has like exceeded what like success is like mm-hmm. he has reached the apex of success. Like mm-hmm. when you think of success, you think of Michael Jackson, Drake, mm-hmm. Jay Z, like Beyonce, like people like that. Yeah, and he's reached that level of success, but he had such a very um, just just brilliant outlook on yeah. what it meant to him. You know, like he had the same outlook that me and Keith have on this podcast. Yeah. When we go back and people comment, hey, I love your podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I'll ever be just like, okay with, oh, another compliment. Like, no, I just think that I'm the type of guy that if I wake up in the morning and I go in the comment section and I see somebody say that was trash, y'all could do better than that. Then I'm going to take that personally and be like, Keith, 
we need to do better. You know, mm-hmm. we can do be- Maybe it's something we could work on. Maybe they could have been just a hater or maybe we can work on ourselves. And if they're like, hey, we love what you do, then that's going to give me encouragement to keep doing what we do. Mm-hmm. So that that in itself was just really a beautiful speech. Very short, but very yeah. to the point. Yeah. They actually cut him off in the speech. If you had watched the show live, uh, he had took a, a pause to, you know, uh, I don't know if he's thinking about something else or he was going to bring up someone else, but. They had cut him off and it went to commercial, but it w- it was definitely it was definitely a statement, a, almost a strange statement to make at the Grammy Awards, because he basically accepted a Grammy Award and then told the world that this is not that important. Um, but it it was definitely uh, something for you know up and coming people in entertainment, and you could take that to any award show, like even um, actors and you know, directors and anybody, um, you know, trying to win an Oscar or uh, an Emmy or a Golden Globe or anything like that. I think I think it all it all um, that statement um, applies to all those people, too. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. Shout out to Drake, man. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, For all those that don't really know, Keith just went up on stage for the first time last thursday and i may i might say that it was it was damn good it was very clever um he put i felt that he put a lot of the his uh acting to work uh up there on stage it was just a different form of comedy Mm -hmm. it was like a very keith like comedy (laughs) but it was really it was really cool man and uh it was really inspiring because you know I've known Keith for most of his life. And I know that something like stand-up and Keith don't really go in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. So for him to have the balls <laughs> to get up there and do that and not be all frozen and nervous, and he was none of those things. He just fucking delivered. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be going up on stage this month uh, on the 22nd for the second second time. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me a just a really, just really good perspective mm-hmm. on, you know, how I could you know, get better and tackle things up there. But go ahead and uh, and uh, just give some people an outlook on how that felt going up there. Yeah, it was it was it was really uh, euphoric. I think, um, like we talked about, like honestly, the only reason I did it, like we had went to this place called the Rocket Shop Cafe out here in Bakersfield um, on South Union. We went there for DJ's birthday. Um, and a lot of people have been telling DJ, you know, DJ, the guy from Finesse that, I'm affiliated with. Um, so DJ went up there for his birthday. DJ and Kyrie had went up there that day. And um, what had happened was there was one event we were supposed to go to. Um, turns out that we were, it was DJ's birthday was on a Thursday. Uh, we were supposed to go to this one spot and that spot actually did their open mics on Wednesday nights. So once we found that out, we was like, dang, what are we going to do? So I kind of got on Google and I started um, searching different different open mics for Thursday nights. And we came across the Rocket Shop Cafe. We seen the pictures. It's like NASCARs in there, a bunch of white people eating <laughs> poorly seasoned food. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never tried the food, so I can't say. But, uh, <laughs> but um, so we seen it was like, ah, I don't know. Like, this looks a little bit sketchy. Like, you know, I don't know how the crowd will be or how they will look at us when we walked in. But I was like, man, we just got to do it. Like, like I just essentially, like, kept putting the pressure on him to do it because everybody had been saying doing it already. He was already said he already said he was going to do it on his birthday. So 
we just showed up like we had got off of work we got dressed or whatever and we showed up and um he got on stage and he 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 did it and then my whole um thinking the whole time is like I'm not a stand up comedian like I would never get up there like I love the art form but it's just not it's just not for me um so him and Chris got up there and and they both did really well and then they came back we came back another time um and DJ and, uh Chris had got up there again and they both did really good again. Oh yeah. And um I was still like, man, I'm not going to do this. And then I think after I left that night and and before I had, you know, I had been writing little notes in my phone, um joke ideas and stuff like that. Um and before then, before I said I would actually go up there and then I just made it up like maybe right after the show or maybe a day after the show that I was actually going to going to go up there. And um I would but like we talked about, it was it was more so like getting over your fears. Like I have, I'm really terrible. Like I have really terrible stage fright. Like I hate talking in front of people. But I know that um, my fear, like there's moments that I've had in my uh, in my life where, like if I was running for, like in sixth grade, I ran for class treasure and I wrote out my speech and everything, and um, I gave a speech in front of the whole school. And I wasn't that nervous, but I knew that my nerves generally came from not being prepared. Hmm. So knowing that about myself, I was like, I know if I'm prepared that I won't be nervous. Like, so the, the day, uh, the day of the show, like last Thursday, um, my only nerves came from not remembering my jokes. But like once, once, uh, people started going, I went like maybe eighth or ninth in the lineup, um, but once people start going and, you know, I knew my time was up or my time was coming up, like I was pretty I was pretty relaxed. Like I went up there and um, the jokes just start flowing out. Like um, once I got like once you get that first first laugh, it's just like the pressure all kind of eliminates. You know what I mean? Then You, you kind of got it from there because, you know, like, you know what the crowd thinks is funny. You know how they're going to react to certain things. So from there, you just kind of you just kind of breeze through your set so it was pretty dope all right man it was definitely a very fun to watch um but i couldn't help but notice that you know there was a lot of different comedians there Mm -hmm. but there was basically it was me before keith went up on stage it was me keith his brother and then uh Kyrie and uh uh dj Mm -hmm. and then there was some other black guy that was like right next to us at the next section yeah so basically, there was like a black section almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, the comedians kept on like making these references, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, and, then, and it was just it was funny, but it was just like, all right, man, we get it. Yeah, it was like probably four comedians. Yeah, it was like four comedians. He's like, he said something like he said he, he said something to the energy of like, yeah, man, like people are fucked up. Like they think like if I'm gonna get drugs, just ask the guy with dreadlocks because the guy with dreadlocks always has drugs, right? And he's like, yeah, go, I'll let you finish my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we just, like, we were laughing because it was mm-hmm. a comedy set. But it, it kind of made me think, like, how many people actually crack black jokes? Like, this is a real thing. Yeah. You know? And I wasn't offended. It was it was jokes. But it was you, just like. You know, there was one guy, shout out to Glenn. We met, we actually met Glenn the first time we went there. And Glenn was kind of like myself. Well, Glenn had made up his mind that he wanted to go. But he just wanted to fill the fill the place out before he actually went up on stage. 
So Glenn was the guy that went a little bit later. I don't know if you remember. Mm. He was an older white guy that was sitting at our same table. He had his wife in front of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, he, the, the Ancestry.com guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Glenn is like hilarious. But um, he flipped the joke like really, really well. Because the whole night people were asking like, oh, you got drugs and making weed references and pothead references and stuff. And he was like, he basically said, I'm from Oildale. Like, um, y'all should be the ones asking me for weed instead of the black people at the table and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was pretty dope. But, but yeah, like, I de- we definitely caught that. Like, and part of the thing that I, I was talking to Eddie about this earlier, like, part of the thing that I love about comedy, like, I hate do- doing things without substance. There you like, go. I think entertainment without substance is just like, it's just kind of trash. And there are some people in the world that do it and it's cool and you laugh at it or you, it's entertaining or, you know, it's action or whatever. But me personally, like, I ha- always have to have some sort of, like, substance behind it. So, like, my whole set was kind of, like, it may have went over people's head because it was laughing. But my whole set was, like, like a counter argument to, like, what all the white people were doing in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> like, I-, I started off with, like, this joke basically saying, like, um, this may come as a surprise to some of you white people in here, but I have a college degree. And like, you know what I mean? Like the, all the, jo- all the jokes were about like weed and potheads and, you know, all these like, you know, stereotypical black things. And it's cool. It's a comedy show, but like still that there's, they always say it's some sort of truth to comedy or whatever. Yeah. And then also I say like, um, white people aren't really racist. They're just culturally clueless. So they just prove my point more. So like you continuously crack these black jokes, um, and it kind of gets old after a while, you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand we're we're making we're making fun, but that's just the easy way out, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like find something better to do. Yeah, I think the ones that just didn't have a lot of substance, I didn't laugh at. But there was some black jokes that I was literally laughing at. Yeah, they're really funny black jokes. But mm-hmm. um, that's when you know if one is comedy and one is coming from a place of like, like cultural cluelessness yeah, yeah or yeah. like stereotypical stuff mm-hmm. like uh the dude the host is fucking hilarious though yeah i forgot his name dan dan, mm-hmm, dan. I, I like to talk to that guy down yeah, the road he's dope. yeah he's pretty funny mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if he has a podcast or he, somebody else somebody had a podcast there mm-hmm. i'd like to talk to that guy mm-hmm. yeah overall great experience mm-hmm. really funny yeah, uh, a lot of black jokes. Nobody was really offended, but it's just yeah. you know a lot of unnecessary black jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just waiting for the fried chicken shit. I was be like, hey man, all right, yeah, yeah, all right, man, that's enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. it's dope. That I think, um, I think it's just almost like the podcast. Yeah, like I feel, I feel like guys like Dave Chappelle and DL Hughley and Chris Rock, Chris, Chris Rock, they use those. They use the comedy clubs just to get stuff off their chest. So yeah, I think for us, like we have a podcast, but that's just another another um, another realm to where we can express how we feel about the world. You know, so definitely, it's dope. definitely, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of times, I ain't gonna lie, I'd be like, man, I can't wait to get on the mic today. Yeah, like I can't wait to get on there. I got a lot of shit to talk about, mm-hmm. and we definitely do. All right, moving on. Um, Twenty One Savage. Um, I've, I'm pretty sure everybody has heard about this, but he was recently deported by ICE for uh, an expired visa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just part of the story. OK, mm-hmm. it's not a whole bunch. It's not a really the, the story still developing as of what they're going to do to 21 Savage. Um, however, uh, well, they've already done it. They've deported him. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not <laughs> funny. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
Demi Lovato um, responded during the Super Bowl and said that the most entertaining thing about the Super Bowl was 21 Savage memes, right? Yeah. Now, everyone who knows who she is, they understand that she has a, a past and is still battling drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And while she went through her, you know, her episode where she OD'd and she went and got help, like, it was totally off limits to crack jokes about that because it was a serious matter, which it is, and with all due respect. However, a man being deported... Um, being taken away from his family is definitely also not a laughing matter. Regardless of what context you do it in, you say all oh, these memes are funny, but the things connected to the the things connected to the memes are not fucking funny. Yeah, like say for example, they had a cartoon meme of uh, Demi Lovato with a heroin needle or some shit. Like that mm-hmm. wouldn't be funny. Mm-hmm. So I think that she lacks empathy overall for any situation that's outside of herself, and she proved it. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Demi Lovato. Even you know, I think she's pretty hot. But I also think she's uh, she's obviously a drug abuser. She needs mm-hmm. to work on herself. And it's and I think she got caught up culturally clueless. Yeah, she kind of yeah, she kind of culturally clueless in that matter. But I think that she needs to uh, understand that you can't just come out, especially when you have her platform. You can't yeah. just come out and do things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very insensitive to the situation. People say, oh, but it was 21 Savage fault. He should have got that fixed. He was rich. Understood that you got a great argument. But Demi Lovato, you That's know. That's not really a great argument. It's not a great That's argument. His, his, his papers were been, have been pending since like 2017. That's true. That so is it's very not true. even a money thing at all. That's true. Mm-hmm. This system is fucked. Mm-hmm. They need some. They need a better system in place. Where a person like Twenty One Savage, he might end up being a, uh, the the poster child for immigration issues in America. Yeah, because nobody, especially from the black community, we don't really have like a real outlook on it because it it didn't affect people that really look like us overall. Yeah, you got a lot of brown people coming from the border that happen to be Mexican mm-hmm. and obviously not black, and then Twenty One Savage get deported and then we all like wait what the fuck you know what yeah. what happened yeah so this can further educate a lot of america that doesn't understand how these things work yeah including myself yeah exactly yeah. but i think um i I'm, I'm gonna be honest like i thought the some well uh, i don't know which meme i've seen i seen i think the the one that she was referring to was like it, i think it basically said like because we have found out that uh, 21 Savage was from the UK or from a... From a territory of it. Yeah, territory owned by the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, the meme basically said, this is how 21 writes his raps or lyrics or whatever. And it had like a... The feather? The ink, yeah, like the feather pen and the you know the old, the old uh, paper. And he was writing old English or whatever like that. And I honestly thought it was hilarious. But knowing... But you have to... You have to be uh, self-aware enough to know like what you're saying at a time, you know what I mean? So you shouldn't, knowing who Demi Lovato is, knowing the how supportive the internet was of her when she had went through yep. her problems, she shouldn't be the person that, um, she almost double, double back. So, like, yeah. so she posted the meme, and then she also made the statement like, oh, the Super Bowl is boring. These 21 Savage memes are hilarious. And we don't exactly know. She, I think she only retweeted one of them, but she said memes in general. So we don't know exactly which one she was finding funny. It could have been ones that were I don't more think, uh, more disrespectful than other ones. So. I don't think it matters. I think that every meme is connected to that situation. Yeah. And regardless, like when I see people post a meme about Magic Johnson and saying, oh, let's stay positive. 
and they cracking HIV jokes on magic. I never thought those were funny. Yeah. So all these memes are connected to a higher, you know, a higher uh, uh, topic. Mm-hmm. And um, it just I think memes have given people a, an excuse to be uh, more insensitive than they already are. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying like, you know, oh, it's, you got to be sensitive. But at the same time, like what like where is your morality? Like, how do you you know, why do you people think it's OK to use a meme as an excuse for, you know, doing things like every like literally a, a celebrity could get slapped in the face. And then five minutes later, there will be memes all over the Internet. Yeah, because people have no lives and they are waiting for the despair of a celebrity so they could make a meme about it. There are people that literally sit there waiting memes like yeah. making memes and waiting on them. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I think it was in poor taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, Everybody's human. We all have things that we laugh at sometimes that we shouldn't laugh about. Yeah. But at least keep that shit in house. Like, yeah. You, you know, uh, who knows what she was really go- like thinking when she did that. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. wasn't. Yeah, she sure as fuck wasn't thinking. Mm-hmm. And then she said, like, I don't care. Like, she said something like, I understand this and that, but you shouldn't make fun of someone's uh, drug addiction or something. She was talking about herself. Like, she yeah. was defending herself. But and then everybody was just going in on her like, shut up, you junkie and you this and you that. And then Wale had questioned her and said something like, I don't get what's funny about this. And she was like telling him like, oh, you was trying to. That's how you know she's a terrible person. She's a terrible person. She's going to she's going to like these are like the real you comes out in an argument. Right. Yeah. So like or when you're drunk. Wale is basically saying, like, you shouldn't be doing this because it's disrespectful. This guy is really going through stuff. He got three kids. He's, you know, he's he's displaced from his kids. And she's going to come back by saying, you try to holler at me and you just mad because I didn't give you the time of day. Like, yeah, what? like what this got what to do that? with nothing? Yeah, that's not even in the same realm. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then he took the high road. Super, super took the high road. Yeah. Um, And the funny thing about it is you got all these demons that you still battling. But yet you want to, you know, you want to have a nerve to talk about somebody trying to get at you. Yeah. You know, when you need to worry about staying clean. Like, yeah. and I'm not trying to talk from a place of privilege over her, but uh, I'm going to keep it real. Like, you really do not need to be running your motherfucking mouth when you just OD'd not too long ago. Yeah. You need to just let the shit go. But it comes from lack of, she has a, a lack of self-awareness, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And, um, like, you're... Uh, that, go, that, that it's, it's really a deep conversation because along with that lack of self-awareness, like, she grew up really insecure. Yeah, you know what I mean, I think she right. talked about that a lot of times. Yes, she did. How she battled with insecurities going Wait. up on television yeah. and you know stuff like that. So, you know, part of being secure with yourself is being self aware. Mm, so man. it's weird, like someone that a lot of people find extremely attractive would think that they are not attractive. So that's part mm. of like that lack of self awareness. Very true. That's a great point. That is a definitely a deeper conversation. Mm-hmm. All I, I to make a long story short, Demi Lovato, Demi Lovato fucked up. Yeah, um, she needs to just. The, I, yeah. I was going to say too, like most, I think most people with addictions are, um, they have that addiction or addictive gene. Mm. So she may have, along with, you know, being addicted to hard drugs, she may have a social media addiction. Oh man. So like, that's a great point for, for you to post something like that, or I'm sure she, like for you to be that engaged in like, so the Super Bowl is going on. Got like it. when 
me personally, when I'm watching an exciting, well, the Super Bowl wasn't that exciting. But generally, when I'm, <laughs> I didn't watch the Super Bowl at all. But that, yeah. you know, the score is like ten to three. Yeah. But um, if I'm watching like the finals and freaking LeBron James and Stephen Curry going at it, like my phone is placed to the side. You yes. know what I mean? I'm not even worried about you know what memes are on the internet or what's trending or whatever. If I'm on there, I'm I'm probably looking for like a replay of like what just happened or something like that. But yeah. other than that, like my phone is you know placed to the side. Or I might just get out a quick tweet about like, dang, this nigga Steph just crossed LeBron or you know what I mean, whatever. <laughs> but for her to be actively engaged and looking through social media while the Super Bowl is going on, yeah, it just says a lot about her, you know, her personality. And she may just be addicted, and you know, with that comes like terrible decisions. Yeah. And in the pe- and what it is, she's too engaged with the people that disagree with her because she re- replied to them. So you're letting a bunch of people that are sitting on the couch, yeah. you know, that aren't doing anything. You're letting them affect you as well, which yeah. means you don't got a tight your your grip on your life ain't as tight as it could be. Yeah, because I guarantee you, if I if I achieve the level of success that I want, that I have that I have uh, uh, that I perceive to have in the future, mm-hmm. and somebody says Eddie, you a bitch, you ain't shit, you and Keith whack. Yeah. Or some shit like that. Then I'm gonna be like, this person more than likely is using Wi-Fi at his mom's house and some shorts that don't fit him. So I don't give a fuck <laughs> what he has to say. Yeah. But when you are not self-aware and you do not understand your value and you have a drug addiction as well, you're gonna have an issue, um, kind of comprehending the whole situation. You're mm-hmm. just reacting. Mm-hmm. But what one of the interesting parts too was like. <laughs> People made her feel bad, real bad afterwards. Or they made her feel bad exactly. afterwards, basically going in on her. Like the yeah, whole yeah. internet was going in on her. And you can't really you can't really tell the internet how to react when nope. you put negative energy out there into nope. the world. You know what I See, mean? See, it's not so much just negative energy because a lot of times it, it depends on who you are. Because if you put something subliminally like negative out there and then that's your personality or it's, if it's supposed to... If it, how do I say, if it blends with who you are as a person, then the internet's not going to attack you. But when you are going through rehab and you're posting these, you know, like, thank all my fans for supporting me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you got this little angel-like image and I'm just a sick girl that has this. I don't think it matters. I think it does. Because at the end of the day. I think if any, if any, if, I don't know who puts negative, if negative energy out there i think literally anybody in this situation that of, of notoriety that posted that kind of thing they would have got him out of there mm, possibly uh, i like don't know who, who's like tommy loren if somebody academics that, post shit like that DJ i don't Acad- think he would have dj academics post shit like that all about the time. 21 se- not about 21 i'm talking settles. about this specific situation uh like who who would have they not have one at and 21 Savage wouldn't have done that because he's an immigrant himself. Mm. So he wouldn't have, I don't think he would have even made that that's kind good, of joke. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's neither here nor there. Hopefully, you know, um, 21, uh, they figure it out. I don't yeah. know who's going to get that interview, but that's going to be a huge interview. Maybe a Trucker's Mind podcast. Hopefully, we get him, man. I'm like, 21, how you feel? I'm like, shit, hell nah. You know 21, what I'm saying? 21. He have his own ad-libs while the interview is going? Goddamn, like, they try to get me out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's his ad-libs? Yeah, yeah. 21. On God. Pow, pow. On God. <laughs> 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 hey, shout out to 21. All right, moving on. 
Uh, Lil Bow Wow, and he had a, a, a domestic, uh, a d- domestic. I guess it gets considered domestic violence. I guess yeah. him, it was like a, a shared thing, him and his girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is more about a bigger issue than Lil Bow Wow because um, he's little. But um, anyways, uh, <laughs> Lil Bow Wow. They said that I guess he put his hands on his girl. She put her hands on him, and they showed a side by side picture of Bow Wow. Uh, A.K.A. Shad Moss and his girlfriend And his face was scratched up And she didn't have a scratch on hers Mm -hmm. And the internet went nuts And made fun of Bow Wow I'm talking about they clowned him Like oh man he got his ass whooped But what they don't realize Is if those roles were switched Then Bow Wow would be condemned by everybody They call him a woman beater yeah, All kinds of shit Mm -hmm. But it's funny how Things don't get the same energy When it's involving a man yeah. Okay, when when if a man says that he was sexually uh, harassed, don't nobody give a fuck. When a man gets scratched up and hit in the face and punched by a woman, don't nobody give a fuck. I've seen men get punched right in the mouth by their girl, and everybody's like, "Oh, dang!" Didn't nobody say that's not right? Didn't I didn't see nobody try to step up and stop it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so at the end of the day, the bigger issue isn't that you know he you know uh, uh, had gotten in trouble for domestic violence. It's why is it not getting the same reception as when a woman puts her hands on a man? Yeah, it's it's a sad situation, man. Like when I first seen it, I I I, I didn't have that sort of reaction. Like, oh man, this is hilarious. Like, it's not funny. I was just like, dang, this thing like is really beat up. And, yeah, and I was almost glad when the side by sides came out because exactly. I was like, I wouldn't want. Obviously, I don't want a man hitting a woman, but. Um, I, I, there was like a, a sigh of relief when I seen that he didn't actually like physically assault her and it was only him. But at the same time, like it's not right, you know. And and the and the bad thing about it, there's there's a stigma that men always hit women, which is probably the majority. Oh man! But there are real situations where you know these women are physically, you know, abusing men too. Like even in, even in the whole like elevator thing with Jay Z and Beyonce yeah. and her little sister, like yeah. she was. Jay Z that Jay Z was hitting the Matrix and the shoulder he was fitting the Floyd Mayweather shoulder rolls in order to you know maneuver away from Solange but you know th- this is a real thing and ironically I don't know why these elevators be always catching these situations but yeah Jay Z got busted Ray Rice got busted yeah. yeah yeah so the moral of the story is stay out of elevators uh, um. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it just ultimately it's not getting the same attention. Um, uh, whatever's going on with them, I hope they figure it out. But I just think that as a society, we got to realize that domestic violence is domestic violence. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, I, I heard some left, it was really left wing feminists. She was like, we got to do something about this, this man, uh, this man violence is out of control. This man violence. And I'm thinking like violence is violence. Yeah. You know, male violence. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know. I if don't know. It, that somebody stupid. somebody said something like, if we were to fall out of the sky and be aliens and we came on planet Earth, we would assume that every man is misogynistic and they beat women, mm-hmm. according to you know extreme left wing feminists. I'm not shitting on feminism, yeah. but at the same time, there are like certain aspects of feminism that are just garbage. And it was like, dude, I think there is an issue overall, like. Mm-hmm. If the issue is domestic violence, then it's domestic violence. Yeah. You know, it's not male violence. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, you gotta, gotta you might as well it. segue into that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, yeah, we'll have to get we'll talk about more of that more of that later. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you got anything else on Bow Wow, man? I got nothing else on him. Nah. All right, move on. Ten uh, year old boy kneels during the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of this got some steam um, because you know just a little. Uh, I think more because he was a little white kid. If he was black, then it probably would have not made headlines. It would have yeah. just been like a black boy kneeling, like, "Oh God, why is he doing this?" Which yeah. is obvious. He's black, you know. Social injustice, blah blah blah. But a little white kid took a knee in class, and here's my issue with it. I don't really have so much an issue, but this is how I think about it. Him taking a knee is no difference, no different than him putting his arm across his chest. And the reason why I say that is because the Pledge of Allegiance is put in place for young people to pledge allegiance to a flag, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, do you think a nine or ten year old has a full like they can they fully have the full concept of America and understand why they're doing that? They they don't really understand that. The same way they don't understand the knee thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh maybe their parents have a certain stance on the situation and he took a knee because of that. So I think that adult influence on kids is the is the main topic. Yeah. Being like, you know, adults are putting these things in place for kids to do. It's no difference than him. It's really no difference than him putting his arm across his chest. Yeah. I don't see it that way. I think that a lot of kids know what's going on in the world. Maybe they don't have a full understanding, but Exactly. I'm sure he knows a lot about Colin Kaepernick and in the whole movement behind it. Um, so I think he was genuinely doing it from a from a real place, and I'm sure his parents influenced him. That's just how the world works. That's how you you know you're influenced by the people that you're raised by. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's fully aware of what he was doing. I think yeah. he, I think he knows and understands what happened to Colin Kaepernick and and when he did it. And um, I think it's pretty powerful. I don't know. I didn't see the the. Uh, narrative around it i exactly. just seen the picture so i don't know yeah exactly what happened but i think you know kudos to him yeah but i think that's an assumption of him understanding that the influence thing, i wasn't saying him i'm just saying yeah nine and ten year olds that i i've been around they just understand the world more so than exactly you would think but we could also rely on a kid that young to not understand it and yeah. and the influence thing definitely would make more sense because I remember being in, you know, fourth grade when O.J. Simpson case was going on. And I looked at how the faculty members and how I could t- I could tell, though, how my parents reacted to the O.J. case and how f- white white faculty members reacted to the case. Mm-hmm. And, f- and back then there was a, just a vast majority of black and white people who felt differently about the O.J. Simpson case. I was able to grasp that. But besides that. I didn't really understand anything else. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know the whole super gruesome details because I was just a kid. I was more interested in watching cartoons and shit than actually understanding that. Mm-hmm. Now I can't, I can't debunk what you're saying in regards to him not, I mean, under not understanding because a lot of these kids are definitely smart. They know how mm-hmm. to fucking. They, at two years old now, they know how to use fucking iPads and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I just think that. A lot of adults have too much influence over kids' decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have a problem with a whole bunch of other things like, you know, the whole... I don't want to get into it too much because it's going to, you know, 
open up a whole nother door. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, influencing your children's decisions like, well, you don't have to feel this way. You can feel this way about this or that. And it's just like at the same time, just let your kid be a fucking kid, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And by the by the the the, uh, the school assuming that every kid is supposed to uh, pledge of pledge allegiance to a flag that there's no difference between the knee and that that's my whole thing because mm-hmm. it's still influence based yeah the 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 united states government is trying to influence kids to pledge allegiance to a flag and the parents may feel different and they say no you should take a knee and the kids taking a knee yeah so it's just two different people it's but at the same time the purpose behind the knee means a whole lot different yeah than what uh pleasant leads to the flag is yeah I don't know. I would just have to have a conversation with the parents and the kid that actually took the knee. But yeah, because it's, it's a developing story. It happened. We just we're just speaking on it the best we know. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're just black guys. All right, <laughs> um, just a couple niggas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, recently, there was a Florida police officer. This happened in Florida, where an uh, a black man was stopped or he was questioned or whatnot. And he was holding a baby, and I don't know what the whole context prior, but the video was about over five minutes long, right? Longer than that, wasn't it? Well, the one I seen was on Twitter. It was on Twitter. It was only like a minute and a half. A minute and a half or something. Okay, but within that minute, uh, people say, where's the full video? I think think with this situation, you don't need to see a 45-minute. Yeah, you don't need the context for this. this. This here was out of control. This man was holding a baby. He was being very cooperative with the with the police. Um, he was he wasn't speaking over the cop. He was waiting till he was spoken to to speak. And he said, let me see your ID. And he was like, I, I have to ask, like, why do I need it? And then the cop was raising his voice, getting very hostile, yelling at him while he was holding the baby. The baby is screaming and crying. He said, listen to me, boy. I told you he kept calling the guy boy. I think they had a boy counter on that video. What? Like a boy counter. Oh, like I didn't, I didn't see that one. Boy. I think I don't know if they had a counter, but they just yeah. somebody in a uh, in the title of one of the yeah. thing or the responses to one of the things had counted the wow. number of times he called him boy. And, and throughout history, uh, calling a black man boy has been subliminally racist. Like people, yes. everybody knows that it's demeaning. It's very demeaning. And he was like, "Boy, what do you mean? Why are you calling me that?" Mm-hmm. And then he was yelling at him, and then he grabbed the dude while the dude was holding the baby. Yeah. He grabbed, he physically grabbed the guy while he was holding his infant son and the cop, one of the other cops took the baby from him and mm-hmm. it was just completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. To make a long story short, this guy has multiple cases of him doing this uh, with other black people. Yeah. Um, and he ended up get. I, I don't know, really know the whole story. It's still developing. Yeah. But if you know anything else, you go ahead and tell me. No, I haven't uh, heard much. I just know what, like, what I had seen. The the thing that bothered me the most about this situation is that there's no accountability. So, like, during the whole altercation, he has his baby in his hand, and the police is, like, grabbing on him and, you know, physically, almost physically assaulting him. And the baby is in his hand. And the baby is dang near about to get knocked over because this guy has whatever, like, he has a... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) He has a small dick complex or something, so he wants to like he wants to like 
you know, boasting, boast about having this police uniform or whatever. So he's grabbing this guy and the baby's dang near about to fall. But there's also other police over there. And there's this older white lady that's also a police officer. And she comes over and grabs the baby. Yeah, she takes the But baby. it's like, that's cool. You saved the baby. But check your, check your guy. Yeah, you Like, got, he really wilding over here. And you're yeah. just sitting back and letting him. That, that, like, blue, that blue wall of silence is real. Yeah. It's you like, know. that's not cool. Like, even if, you know, if... Me and Eddie are doing something out in the world, and I feel like Eddie is wild, and like I'll just let him yeah. know, like, bro, you shouldn't be acting like that. But yeah. you know, for whatever reason, like these police officers are just like letting yeah. them do whatever they and, want to. And, and this is not an attack on police; this is attack on bad police and police yeah. who have been subliminally racist. Because you got to understand, in order for you to treat somebody like that, you don't see much value in them or people who look like them, the yeah. kids. So I'm not the one to sit out here and reach and say, oh, you know. Uh, you're just saying they're racist, you know, because you're black and the person is black. But I'm saying that because the guy, uh, he has already been in trouble for the same shit. Not to mention, you got to realize, wearing a badge does not stop your bias that you have outside of the job. Mm -hmm. So if you grew up or you have a situation at home or whatever your case is, because it, it's crazy the perception people have of you without you even knowing. Yeah. Okay. I've been stopped by police many times for no reason. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing about it is this, I've heard how people talk about black people, right? You know, like, Oh, they, they're only 13%, but this, this disproportionately, they commit most of the crimes and they do this and that. Mm -hmm. So I know how the world views me. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not looking for a pity party, but I know how the world views me. So being as that is the case, I behave accordingly because I know that the cop that's pulling me over, he might have pulled over a black man earlier that lived up to that stereotype and he probably beat the shit out of him or took him to jail. OK, mm -hmm. but I'm not a criminal for one. And two, I understand the game. OK, I've had cops pull up, come come to my window. You on probation or parole? And I'm like, no, let me see some ID. And I'm like, why? Uh, OK. I wanted to say, why did you pull me over? But I'm too afraid to tell him, why did you pull me over? Because I'm thinking that he might either one, grab me, start an altercation, escalate the situation, and yeah. somehow I end up in jail. Maybe we should start asking the question. So they knock on the door. It's like, and I'll be like, are you a racist or a bigot? Oh, that <laughs> Yeah. At the end of the day, man, it, <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I don't have, even with the experiences I've been through, I don't have an assumption that cops are racist. Yeah. Okay? I don't. But I do know cops are human. Mm -hmm. That badge and that suit, like when they say blue lives matter, mm -hmm. a, life is not fucking blue. You're a police officer. It is a job. Mm -hmm. Okay? At the end of the day, I'm a truck driver. I have a great responsibility. Mm -hmm. My job is actually more dangerous than a police officer. Yeah. I'm a fuel hauler. Yeah. I have responsibility for the whole freeway. I can't say, oh, I fear for my life and blow everybody up. Okay? Yeah. So, I can't do that. Being as that is the case, a lot of police officers need to have the same responsibility and not say, oh, I fear for my life or, oh, I thought they were a criminal or do all this shit. If, if you're not fit to do that job, don't do it. Yeah. Okay, don't. I'm not. I'm not a cop for a reason. At one time, I wanted to be a cop. I totally went away from it. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy too because people really wouldn't understand the full story if they're not looking at it through your eyes. Yeah. Me and me and Keith have been stopped. I think more than once with me and him in the car together. Mm -hmm. So we go through this shit. We've been through it. It's as of recently, me and Keith have not been stopped at all. I think. I think. <laughs> it, I, 
bringing race into it was um, we didn't even necessarily need to do that because yeah. when you watch the video, it's a body cam. You don't exactly. Even, you don't necessarily even see the race of the person, but any cop acting like that is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, this narrative is more about terrible police, like you said earlier. Yeah. It's not even. Um, but you know, when he starts to bring in Call certain boy. things like boy and stuff, yeah, that's, that's where when, I got it. That's when the race starts to come in. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, like we said before, man, it's just it's just like there needs to be some sort of reform when it comes to the training that these police officers have and kind of like Colin Kaepernick said about the training that you know certain doctors go through to you know to become doctors and certain other um, mm. uh, fields that are you know upright citizens in the in the community and that we pay our tax dollars and our tax dollar pays yeah. their salary um, just the, the the training that they go through is minimal compared to some of these other but people. you got to understand how many cops become cops mm. and quit or get terminated off the job. They need cops and they need more cops now. So by by the demand of needing police, they're not getting their best. Okay? So if you want to become a doctor or a neurosurgeon, that shit's going to take you forever because they need the best because you're dealing with lives. You're also dealing with lives of your police officer, but they need more cops on the beat now. So being as they need them fast, I don't I don't think that's the case because I think this, it is. This the way that they train police officers probably hasn't changed since they created police. How many times have you seen them seeing a sign saying BPD hiring? I see I'm it saying all the time. That, I'm saying that's now, but I'm saying like throughout history, I don't think the training has gotten easier. I think that no. whenever they created the police in 18 whatever or 19 yeah. whatever, they had the same police academy training or whatever and to this day they have the same thing. But I think they have to realize is that um, the world has changed and they yep. should change the way that they train these police officers. I, my thing is, I'm not saying that the, the training is easier or harder. I'm saying that the, the fact that with this job, I get what you're saying, though. Mm-hmm. I, get, I definitely get what you're saying. I'm saying that the way that they're doing things, that they need police officers, period. Yeah. And sometimes you don't always get the best. Those guys will end up eventually getting terminated. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. But it's just a little bit different with policing. Like, you need those guys. Because there are people, like, like if you look at the divorce rates and all kind of things, these cops are going through things mm-hmm. at the job. And some of them just don't feel it's worth it. I think there's a lot of jobs that um, need to be filled. There's a there's a shortage of engineers in the world, but they don't make it easier to become an engineer. You still have to pass certain... Yeah. You know, whatever's or, you know, there's probably a shortage of doctors. There's more people, you know, being born now than ever. So they're not making they're not making it, you know, a two year program to get your, you know, your doctor's degree now. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I In regards to that, though, I, I just for some reason, policing, it, the hiring and whatnot. I mean, it, there's a process they have, but I, I really don't think that process or anything they do. This is the thing. I think whatever they do is not going to change the person putting on the uniform, mm-hmm. period. You, whoever you are before you get that job is who you're going to be when you get that job. And I know that sounds pretty, you know, because um, people can grow and whatnot. But if you're a person who has these set views on who people are and who to look for and who looks like a criminal and who looks guilty and whatnot, or if you're a shit talker, all that shit's going to become a part of your job if you're not self-aware. I've had I've had cops, you know, uh, tell me shit that they try to they try to set you off like 
So why are you acting all nervous then if you didn't do anything? And I was like, excuse me? They was like, I'm just saying, why are you doing that? And I'm like, why am I doing what? Mm-hmm. They're like, if you're not, if, I mean, you don't have to act nervous. I said, look, man, I know what, what kind of game you're playing. I'm not a criminal. You could just go back and go back to your partner and have a seat in, in, in the squad car. Because mm-hmm. I've had it happen. Like a lot of times you got guys that just don't know how, they don't have any social skills. They don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. They purposely try to set you off so you get mad and you go to jail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, it just needs work. Um, yeah. I believe, I do believe in a strong police department of, of well-qualified police officers. Because we do need the police, each and every one of us. If some shit pops off, guess what we're going to call? The police. Okay? Um, But it's unfortunate if you call the police and they show up and they uh, treat you like a criminal. Because I've had that happen too. So, (laughs) it just it sucks. Mm -hmm. All right. Why am I going to jail? She the one beat me up. Yeah, she the one that hit me. Why am I going to fucking jail? I'm stabbed up. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, Liam Neeson. I don't know if anybody, if I'm saying that correctly, Liam ne- Liam Nelson Neeson. Yeah, Neeson. Liam Neeson. Yeah. Well, Liam Neeson. He recently, uh, there was like like an interview he had, and it was referencing like a situation. Uh, where I guess the co- question was was in regards to a time you had to be like, uh, had to not save someone, but had to like step into a role or whatever the case was. Uh, we'll get more into it, but basically. He talked about a time his friend, one of his friends, had gotten like raped or whatnot, and he asked him what like what ethnicity the person was, and she said he was black, and then he said for like over a week he was walking around pissed off, hoping that a black person would do something so he could kill him. Yeah. Right. And that's that's his words, not mine. You know, you can fact check me and go to Google, but mm-hmm. that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my thing. Okay, this this obviously happened quite a while ago. But this is the question that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much a question. I, I, to kind of go with that, I don't think that this the the situation happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. The actual interview was more recent. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's that's um, important in context because exactly. he, called, he called him a black bastard. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, he did. Um, but he also mentioned that he's like, I'm ashamed of it. So mm-hmm. prior to him saying that, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ashamed of it, but I was like, I'm just looking for this black bat, any black bastard so I could kill him. Right. Yeah. And he also mentioned where he came from and, uh, you know, the, I guess the social climate or whatnot and how it was really racist and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thing is, is it's about growth. So I don't know how much Liam Neeson has grown. So I'm not going to sit here and condemn him for that. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, you know, the Kevin Hart tweets where he had uh, said those homophobic jokes mm-hmm. and, you know, people were trying to kill him over that for 10 years ago. I don't know how much a person has grown. Yeah. Um, the only thing is the intent. So with him, he obviously hated black people prior to that, because if you want to kill any black person that gave you any problems, mm-hmm. chances are you do not like black people. Mm-hmm. And it. And not not to mention just anyone. Like imagine uh, just some random white guy steps on my foot, and I'm like, you know what? Any white guy steps on my foot again, that's it. I'm done. You know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, you you can't pigeonhole a whole group of people and want to do harm to them based on something that happened. Now this is a traumatic experience, mm-hmm. so I can't tell anyone how to act. Mm-hmm. And it was also a long time ago, so this is definitely uh, kind of hard. Uh, especially dealing with rape, that's that's tough. Yeah, but 
that in in a separate issue, I definitely think he must have had an issue with black folks prior to that. Yeah, I think for me, um, like I understand the the growth and how people change over the years, and how you can you know a person, a one black person can change your whole perspective either way. My only issue with the statement was like the racially insensitivity of calling someone a black bastard. You know what I mean? That kind of, out of all that, you know, that disturbed me the most because he's telling a story about what happened years ago when he was in, you know, in his home country or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2019, for you to call someone a black bastard is like, that's just blasphemy. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's um, that's the part that disturbed me the most. And, um, you know, I, again, I don't think he's racist. I think um, I think he had a... Uh, like a racial glitch or something like that. Like yeah. it, it just kind of popped out, and it happens to a lot of people. Um, you know, you may be driving, and you may say, you may throw out a racial slur here or there, or you may say something insensitive about whatever race. But Definitely, I think he he just happened to get caught um, recording in a in an interview about his his new film or whatever. But yeah, it's just it's it's just kind of crazy. I think that having him having this cordial conversation with someone else probably. Um, maybe you know he has talked like that and nobody corrected him, mm-hmm. and then he went into this interview, and now he's like you know saying these things. When in actuality, like I just don't know when it's going to be okay to call people black bastards. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know when uh, when that is something that's going to be all right. But at the end of the day, I'm just not I'm not going to use that against him because people grow. I think it took some courage for him to say that, even though it wasn't, it was in poor taste, but Mm -hmm. he did say it. So I'm not one of those people. And I'm not even like, I'm not even like shocked by racism. Like racism is like literally it's everywhere. And I think there's a little bit of bias in everyone. I think Mm -hmm. that everyone has said something like no one is without sin. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not shook up about racism. Like, oh my God, I can't believe people are racist. Of course Mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. And it ain't just white people that's being racist either. There's a bunch of people. Yeah. You know, there's some people that have had one really bad experience with a white person and now they hate all white people. It's been people that's white that had an experience with a black person and now they hate all black people. And there are people like that. Mm -hmm. I I already told you about what that chick said about black guys, right? Yeah. I guess this chick, this chick I knew, she had like two black boyfriends. And then I guess they both broke her heart. She's like, I'm done with black guys. I ain't never dealing with them yeah. again. Yeah. And I just thought, like, you got to be the most dumbest person ever. Yeah. It has more to do with your lack of choice in men than the ethnicity of the man you chose. You're just a fucking moron. Yeah. But at the same time, people don't really take that into account. Yeah. Me and Eddie, we kind of came up with this term, PTSD racism. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. It's like ba- basically... You, you kind of turn into a racist based on a traumatic experience that, you know, happened in your life. Like, I remember uh, someone was telling me this story about their grandma and uh, something happened to where a, a black guy might have stole her, his uh, gram, his grandma's purse out in the street or whatever. I don't remember the, the context of the, the situation, but for whatever reason, after that, she, you know, she just hated black people after that. So... Um, those are the kind of things, and, and it kind of mirrors this situation right here where, you know, Liam Neeson's friend gets raped by a black guy and, you know, he just starts to hate all black people in general. So, yeah, that's just kind of that's kind of how I mean, and, and, and it's a real thing. I think 
I think that kind of goes beyond the the typical racism where you just don't like someone because you're black. Like, Very there's true. actually something happening to you, and yeah. emotionally, you just start to feel a certain way when you're around those people. You've connected this event with the whole ethnicity of people, and mm-hmm. came up with this grand idea that I don't fuck with these people. You yeah. know, I can't do that, man. And mm-hmm. and throughout my life, I've had Mexicans who've treated me like shit. I've had black people who've treated me like shit. Mm-hmm. White people who've treated me bad. I've mm-hmm. been called nigger. I've been called all kind of names, mm-hmm. but I've never. Had I've never connected that ethnicity to that experience because I know everybody is not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, um, have I had a post-traumatic experience? I'm pretty sure we all have, but it probably wasn't rela- related to race. Maybe it was a bad food you ate one time and now you won't ever try that food again. Yeah. I think that's something that could be, you know, you could uh, have a post-traumatic experience. Like, yeah. Or maybe you ate a bagel and it made you so sick you went to the hospital and now you don't ever eat bagels again. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of a weird uh, analogy, but mm-hmm. I mean things yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know yeah, things yeah. like that. That's a that's a that's a good example. I know uh, one of my friend's grandparents. He's like, don't ever mess with white girls because they'll cheat on you with your uh, with your friend or your cousin or something like that. Wow. So he had, I don't I don't know if that's ha- like ever happened to him, but yeah. To be that specific, I feel like that's a little bit of PTSD. Reset, wow, who said that? I'm my friend's grandparents. Oh my! I'm not going to tell you. Like, exactly. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. Damn, yeah. that just he just got a bad woman, man. I mean, yeah. this he said, don't ever. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy, man. That was like way too specific to be. Yeah, just way like too some specific. Just experience. Random. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably his own experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he probably. <laughs> He probably said something, don't ever mess with a wagger because they'll treat on you with your best friend and then they'll put it on Instagram. you be like, what? <laughs> like, what you talking about? What happened, man? Grandpa, you settled down right yeah, now. Yeah. You retired. What you yeah, doing? Yeah, Grandpa, what are you talking about? You're still in these streets. And I think a lot of our older ancestors, like grandparents or, you know, friends of family that are older black men, like, I always wonder, like, what their relationship would be like with the opposite sex, like, if it was a white woman or something. Because back then, it was such a strained relationship that... Like dealing with a white girl was just like it's almost like mm-hmm. living on the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now, like you know, you, we could deal with any woman we want. And if mm-hmm. like I'm with like a white chick, like my grandpa would be like, "Oh wow, like you got him a white girl." And it's and like, I him a white girl. It's like home. I didn't go outside and be like, you know what? I'll take that white one. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a woman. Like, yeah. But it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that post-traumatic experience mm-hmm. related to white girls, that's just super crazy. Yeah, that kinda, is a crazy one. Yeah, it's kind of far-fetched, man. Hey, man, it's just experience. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Cheat on you with your brother or your cousin, he said? I forget exactly what he said, but it was somebody close to you. I think he said brother or cousin or something. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Well, Oh well, I stay didn't... away from the white girls. Yeah, man, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther King fought for my right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, post uh, PTS, uh, whatever PTSD racism is. STD a... race. Uh, what? STD PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about crabs. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people deal with that. And I don't Mm. think that is ever something that people really bring up. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, We had a podcast quite a while back, not too long ago, but we titled it uh, Toxic Masculinity. And we talked a lot about toxic masculinity in the podcast and about how it affects culture and, and, and 
society and women predominantly a lot of times. And we cannot talk about toxic masculinity without talking about toxic femininity because both of those things definitely exist. Yeah. Um, it came to my attention mainly because my cousin, like something happened and my cousin commented in uh, on Facebook and he said something about toxic, hashtag toxic femininity. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is something that needs to be talked about. We don't talk about it enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what? So I was like, you know what? That's definitely something me and Keith want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many, 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 many different examples of toxic femininity. femininity. Um, one of them um, would be, I read some little clip note. It was actually really cool. Hold on. Jeez, Louise. Right when you need my fucking phone to work, it does this. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. All right. And it basically says this. It says, um, creating hunger in men by actively inviting the male gaze, then demanding, what it says, then demanding that men have no such hunger. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a prime example of toxic femininity would be Instagram, where a woman will literally bend over and spread her butt cheeks. And if a guy would be like, wow, you are so fine. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, wow, what a creep. Yeah. Uh-uh. You invited that sexual energy because the thing about it, men rule through power, but I notice a lot of women rule through sex. They will, they they rule through basically having the power of sex, and that rules men because men don't think straight when women get involved. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's really it's bad. Yeah. And I'm not saying women are toxic, but these are toxic behaviors that happen in culture involving women. Yeah. Um, another one would be. Uh, what did I have? Oh, it, it's it's kind of like another form of toxic femininity is like a lack of consciousness about female behavior and a constant blame of men. Like if something happens where, I don't know, a man gets punched in the face and people and you'll see women laughing at it. But then a man will punch a woman in the face and they're like, oh, my God, what a dog. Like, I can't believe he would do that. You should never put your hands on a woman. But you just watch a woman like maul a dude in the face. Mm-hmm. So it's a lack of acknowledgement of issues that exist mm-hmm. in with women. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really bad. There's so much more I could really go across, but yeah, lightness. I kind of uh, I kind of thought of this just now. I think that as human beings, we um, we just the way we are as a society, um, we we tend to make comments about things. Got it. In general. So, like, for instance, there was this kid. They, these are, like, kids in fourth grade or something yeah. like that. There was a, there was a kid that had a cross, that he was cross-eyed. Mm-hmm. And there's this little black kid. He looked like Lil Bow Wow. Oh, and he, uh, he comes in, and he's, like, um, the first thing he does is he recognizes the kid. He's, like, oh, my God. that, And he's talking loud, too. Like, oh, my God, what's wrong with your eyes? And I'm, like, <laughs> bro, this dude can hear. Like, if you're going to talk about him, at least be quiet. Yeah. Um, and me being a jokester that I am, I kind of laugh about it. But then I had to address him like, yo, like you, yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't say those things. Exactly. But that's just human nature. Exactly. I think. Um, so I do think like when it comes to, uh, for instance, like the like the comments on the social media or the mm-hmm. cat calling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a little bit of like like toxic masculinity to it. Exactly. But I also think it's it's also not that deep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we comment on anything. If a group of us are sitting here and 
a dude walk by and he fat and he sloppy and he got some beat up shoes on, we're gonna make a comment about it. Mm-hmm. If a dude walk by, he fresh, he got like, you know, clean haircut, he got some fly shoes on, we're gonna make a comment about it and it'd probably be like a negative comment. <laughs> um, so like, you know, even with the girl, like if a girl had walked by, we might make the same comment. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that and how that relates to toxic femininity, but I just wanted to kind of get that point. It's out a there. very general outlook. Yeah. How we will comment on things. Yeah. I think ultimately it doesn't even mean you have to comment on anything. I think that like, for example, when you are purposely trying to garner a sexual reaction mm-hmm. and somebody gives you that and you act like you weren't trying to invite it. Like, I'm not saying like this in a rape culturally way. Like, for example, if you're on social media, which I see all the time, especially last night and I'm be completely honest uh i was on instagram and i got an inbox i opened up the inbox and it was just some titties like it wasn't like naked titties but it was just like some titties Mm -hmm. and i was just like wow like all i see is breasts Mm -hmm. like i didn't ask her to send me that she sent that and was laughing she knows she has huge breasts okay yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i got nothing against her at all she's pretty cool but she must have been drunk or something Mm -hmm. but the thing about it is is it's toxic to put this image out there and what do you expect back? As like the, as as men, like as men, like at some point, men are being um, guilty for even having a penis. Like yeah. for Christ's sake, like Does why? To- I'm, I think the the toxicity only comes back when um, they aren't inviting that. So I don't think that was toxic at all. I don't think that situation was toxic. I think it's only toxic when she sends that and then you comment and then she's like, why would you say that? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, which yeah. happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like this, not to me. Yeah, I don't think in that context, in that context is to- toxicity. But um, like, you know, more of the stuff on Instagram, like a, if a girl is posting a picture in her bikini and she's making comments like, guys, you need to stay out of my comments with all those exactly. you know, sexual That's the perfect things. Example. You know what I mean? Like, what, like, what do you expect us to say if Exa- you got your booty? That, that like, is exactly what I'm Instagram saying. Instagram is literally for posting pictures and getting um, comments back. There's only a few things that can happen on Instagram. You could post a picture. You can have people comment on it. You can have people share those images in, in an inbox and have a conversation about it. It's pretty, like, cut and dry. Yeah. So you're for so you're literally inviting a conversation when you post those pictures yes. to every single person that follows you and even the people that are um looking up things that are similar to what you you know on the search feeds and whatnot so yeah, yeah. i think we could all agree that like um unsolicited dick pics are um very wrong right mm-hmm. okay now i don't see what the huge difference is from a dick pic to a chick that is on social media who is practically naked. I've sent you some pictures. Mm-hmm. Titties out. They have this see-through shirt on because Instagram allows this. See-through shirt, big old nipples with nipple rings on them and shit. And that's okay. But yet the same type of people will complain about getting dick pics. Mm-hmm. You are literally posting the same type of content except you're putting it on a platform where everyone can see it. Mm-hmm. That is toxic femininity. Yeah. Okay. And people, for some reason, like, look, it's your body. You can do what you want to do. I, as I am not trying to tell anyone how to live their life. However, I think that you, at some point you got to be real with yourself. Like that shit. That's some. And then you got to realize too. There's kids. When okay, if, if you're a man and you go outside wearing a speedo with no underwear and your penis print is going through your pants and you're in public, 
people are going to scold you for it. Why are you doing that? But I've seen women literally have naked in public around kids, mm-hmm. ass cheeks out, titties all out. And for some reason, it's considered empowering. Why is it not the same thing as a man being indecent? Because mm-hmm. a man being indecent is going to be put out on Front Street. Mm-hmm. And we all know this. Mm-hmm. But this is something that is very prevalent. Um, and then also, um, we had other one, the Mansplaining uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. About how basically there could be two parallel situations, but for some reason, like, doesn't matter what you say, it's considered misogynistic. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm just calling you out as a human being. Yeah. Like, this is toxic. Or when um, there'll be other uh, women being very catty and jealous of each other, and supposedly it's supposed to be a, uh, or it'll be like, for example, uh, Damn it, I'm trying to get a good example. Uh, there'll be some type of women's empowerment march or something. Mm-hmm. But there'll be a bunch of women still arguing over X and Y. Like, I was looking up some of this last night, and I was just like, this is really disturbing. Like, as much damage as men have done, a lot of women are doing the same thing amongst themselves. Yeah. And it's just not getting called out. Yeah. That's real. I think it's a, it's a strange... Uh, not a strange topic. It's not a strange topic. It's just not talked about enough. There's yeah. not enough. If toxic masculinity exists, which I acknowledge, toxic femininity exists. Yeah, a lot of women are guilty of the same exact things that men are guilty of, but they are not called out on it because, especially in today's climate, men are mm. too afraid to speak out about it. Yeah, and it's not getting any attention. So, as a man, if you say anything. You're going to be considered misogynistic, yeah. Even if it's the equivalent and parallel situation to where, into which they have done it, yeah. And it's like, yo, like, no, I'm not misogynistic. I respect women, but there's also been times where toxic femininity is ruining relationships. It's ruining culture as well as toxic masculinity. It's pretty much a people problem, yeah. But the only people being called out for it is men, yeah. That's real. I wasn't going to call it a strange topic. I was going to say those <laughs> situations are strange. Yeah. Like, you know, just if you if you just kind of sat back and and read those situations on a document, you would be like, "Man, this is just this is just a, this is just weird overall. Like Definitely. why would they react like this and why would this person react like this?" Exactly. And, you know, just not looking at it from the outside. But yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. I think I think one thing we can do is um um I don't think we've done it here. Maybe we have if if I don't think we were trying to do it at least mm-hmm. is um attacking feminists. No. I don't think that was our intent, but if no. you are out there and you think that we are then that that's not really the the case cuz we even talked about it with that speaks more to the lack of comprehension cuz I'm not attacking feminists at all. No, I'm just, I'm just saying like yeah. you can take, you know, whatever people say however you want to. Like exactly. it's just your own interpretation, but I'm just trying to make it clear that we're not just like how we talked about like um uh, I forget what we were talking about last week, but basically mm-hmm. we said the 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 label behind um, uh, like with the, with the MAGA hats, like the mm-hmm. um, just because a few people wearing MAGA hats Thank do you. something crazy, they may you know exactly they go out and uh, march or they running people over in the street or whatever the case that doesn't represent the whole thing. So exactly. you know, just a, a few um extreme feminist or people that they consider themselves feminist yeah acting in this manner um 
doesn't represent the whole thing either. No, not not in that not in that matter, not at all. Mm-hmm. My my thing is just when you take side by side situations, uh, and they don't get the same energy. That's also toxic femininity because mm-hmm. you only recognize something when a man does it. Mm-hmm. When actually, when actuality, if a woman is doing the same exact thing, you give it no energy. You became a part of the problem mm-hmm. because the topic is the topic. It shouldn't matter what's going on. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I see it all the time, man. Um. And and my thing is is I don't. It's kind of weird. Like I've seen uh, Amber Rose. I ain't trying to name drop, but I had to. She was on Instagram and dropped a picture of her uh, her uh, unshaved vagina on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then and ended up taking the picture down. Mm-hmm. And people was like, "You go, girl. You go, girl. You do your thing. This and that." And I was just like, "Okay, it doesn't matter to me, vagina, whatever." Mm-hmm. But can you imagine if a man got on Instagram and had his penis out? Would it be Would it be something that's celebrated on the internet? I really don't think it would get the same reception. Yeah. And the same people that would call that man a creep and a weirdo for doing that. And I'm not saying all women would, but the reception he would get overall would be that he's a weirdo and this and that and the third. When in actuality, it is a parallel situation. Mm-hmm. And these type of these type of toxic like I'm that I'm we can do an experiment. Like some of these um extreme feminists that are all for like women being naked and women posting their vagina and uh like these these sort of people. Yeah. Um we can I don't think you need to send them like unsolicited pictures, but just maybe on their timeline or something, have your dick hanging out. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just happen to see it when they scroll by and hopefully they give it the same energy. Hopefully they're trying to empower, you know, males to be nude and male to show their body. And you know yeah. what I mean? Stuff like that. Man, I, I just don't think that would happen, but that's just my opinion. That, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying like we can, we can actually have an experiment, see yeah. what their reaction is. Yeah, I think that everybody would be taken back by it. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. it's become too, it's become a regular thing to be like sexualizing everything. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about it before, whether it's a fitness page, it'll be fitness where they're not training training anyone. There are no pictures of them, them even working out. They just got their butt cheeks spread open, and men love it because men are ruled by sex. So a lot of women have power over men, and men just go along with the flow. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's considered empowering to some people for some reason. I don't understand how it is. That maybe that's just my small brain. Yeah. But if if it was the other way around, it would not work. Yeah, I, I want someone to explain to me how being naked is empowering. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even get the ESPN does the shit with the athletes. Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to see. Either. I don't want to see my favorite quarterback with his ass out. Or some of those girls are not really that attractive. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Yeah. But they're athletes. I guess that the athletic body is like the purpose of it. It's a form of art, I guess. Mm-hmm. Some people consider it as a form of art because it's this athlete. They're powerful. They're fast. They're strong. Whatever. Um, but there's there's so much more. But it's it's kind of hard to dive into it because there's not enough. There's not enough information. And I don't want to sound so one side. I have so many experiences that I could give from a personal account, mm-hmm. but I just rather not put them out there because it will make me sound like I'm misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Like the way we get on this podcast, we have to find a way to frame things. Mm-hmm. If you can't frame it in the right way, then somebody's going to be like, you know what? I did listen to your podcast, but you obviously hate women. So I'm not <laughs> listening yeah. to it no more. And it's like, no, 
you comprehended it the wrong way, man. I'm just literally trying to point out the same things that I talked about with toxic masculinity. Those same qualities exist in women, but they just are not oftentimes talked about. I don't think that's the case. I think that most women would listen for your opinion because you... um, you don't necessarily have to agree. Like a lot of black people listen to Tommy Loren and they're not not necessarily listening to her. You to, sure they listen? To get some sort of affirmation. They're listening because they know they disagree and they want to hear what she has to say. Mm, I don't know how much they listen. I really, I can't. I, I mean, can't. they're all in the comments. Like yeah, this girl is stupid. I can't believe she said that. Yeah, but honestly, black Twitter created Tommy Loren, to be honest. Because they listen to her. Yeah, it, but here's the thing. That was my only point. Yeah, exactly. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But <laughs> my thing is, is like, it's just weird to me though. Mm-hmm. Like, all you got to do with people like that is ignore them in that in that in that aspect. Yeah. Like, hate has garnered more attention than love. Yeah. Like, I'm not even. That was not my argument. I didn't want to bring it. her up. I didn't want to have a conversation about her. Got it. I was just saying, like, in the context, like, you you don't have to filter what you say because they're going to listen regardless. Yeah. Yes and no. Some some people to tune out. Yeah. I just want to let it be known. I'm not a misogynist. I don't have to really explain that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's just that's just it on that. Yeah. I don't really got a whole lot more to dive into mm-hmm. uh, in regards to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, what else you got, Keith? No, that's it. All right, man. Well, in regards to that, I don't got much on that. Um, but when you listen to a Trucker's Mind podcast, you get free stuff. Yes, I said it. You get free stuff. So if you made it to the end of this podcast and you've been listening to all 46 episodes, um, subscribe, post a comment, and we'll see what happens from there. I'm not going to get uh, in too much detail at this point in time. But if you also respond on Instagram to any of the questions, some of you guys don't. Um, Wait, you? I'm confused right now. What? About the whole win free stuff stuff. Yeah, you win free stuff. We're going to start doing giveaways. We talked about it. Yeah, but you didn't tell me this beforehand, so I'm kind of sitting here. This is news to me. All right. Well, Mr. College Degree here is confused, so let me explain this a little slower. All right. Um, (laughs) When you listen to a Trucker's Mind podcast, you will eventually get free stuff. Mm -hmm. We're setting up a new deal here, and all I can tell you is subscribe to us on SoundCloud and leave a comment. Yeah. About something on the episodes. You become more interactive. Your name gets dropped in the bucket. And we'll take it from there. And if you also are connected with us on Instagram. Or mine's is uh, at a trucker's mind podcast. A underscore truckers underscore. Uh, no. A, a underscore truckers mind podcast. Mm-hmm. Then uh, and connect with me on there. I usually am active on the stories. We'll link up there, drop a comment on any of the stories or ask questions. If you become more interactive, you're going to get free stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You drop your you drop your social on here yet? Uh, I don't know. My name is K-Fing, so. Yeah, at K-Fing. Google anything with K-Fing's. Yeah, or hit them on Instagram, up. at K-F-I-N-G-S. Yeah. I also have a Pornhub account, so if you just K- Google... Uh, you know, Pornhub slash K things that'll pop up. Yep, it's gonna be a black dude with a with glasses on fucking. Yeah. Getting it in. <laughs> with that teacher with that teacher from Frontier. Oh man. So class today, we're gonna learn about sex. 
and then Keith gonna pop up with their glasses. He be like, "Is what is this nerd doing um, in here?" Molecules. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I need a tutor. <laughs> and then right after that, there's a great disparity between black and white porn, and one of them is oh, bro, Chris Rock always talks about yeah, that. The, yeah. and one of them is the production quality. Oh like, my god, the storyline with white porn is better because they, you know, UPS guy goes to the door, she yeah. opens the door, and she's like. Hey, my name's uh, Bill. I'm here to deliver a package. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it a big package? Yeah, it's really big. I'm going to have to come inside and drop it off in there. I'm like, yeah. okay. And then they talk a little bit, a little bit of dialogue, and they eventually have sex. But there's like a buildup. Black pornos, they be like, what's your name? Deshaun. Next fucking 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Just like, the ca- even the cameras they use in black porn is just like Obama phone quality. <laughs> Like, why is this my 180p? That's the name of the that's the name of the uh podcast. <laughs> Obama, Obama porn. Obama phone porn. <laughs> yeah, man. It's really sad. Uh, maybe there should be some reform in black porn. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's black history month too. This is embarrassing. Yeah, right. We gotta step our camera game up. Even, yeah. I um Black Cocks Matter. Oh my god. <laughs> I no, the- <laughs> I challenge all of you listen out there, listeners out there, to only watch black porn for the entire month. Man, wow! Yeah, I don't know how many people are going to do that. <laughs> but uh, anyways, man, we made it to the end of this podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, once again, you've been listening to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K. Thing. Right here. Peace. <laughs>